0: If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Out of Limits of Inner Truth radio show, OutofLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. So do you love technology? Are you a fan of technology? I don't know about you, but I kind of like it. I wish it would stay where it was in the 80s just have the right amount of technology and today it's like everything is a damn smartphone smart tv smartphone the only thing we don't have is smart people a lot of idiots but i guess we have smartphones and other smart devices i don't know our featured guest is going to talk about concerns and even dangers of this technology where it's going and what the future holds let us begin tonight's show it's a great joy to welcome to our show for the very first time, Jamie Ike. He is the CEO of a company called Iconic and he's also here today to talk about something called unnatural, about the price that we are paying for the technology that we love. Obviously there's some darkness in here with all these technological things. You can learn more about Jamie by going to his website at iconic.com and that's I-C-K-O-N-I-C dot com. Jamie, welcome to our show. How are you?
1: Thanks a lot, Ryan. I'm really good. How are you doing? Yeah,
0: doing pretty good. You know, hanging in there, being one of those uh, strange people who just still loves freedom in the world that's just, you know, it's getting even more fascist.
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: Yeah. She's,
1: I was hoping one of the, that... One of, those, one of those selfish people. Oh, uh, one of the <laughs>
0: selfish people, yeah. One of the... So I'm just curious, before we even go into your films about what is, how do you psychologically cope with this? I mean, how do you walk around and assure yourself and feel good when most people are, are, are sucking the, uh, are licking the boots and they, just, they totally don't care. I mean, it, I feel like it's, it's harder to these days to, to be someone that loves and respects freedom and self-ownership.
1: Yeah. It's been really, really tough, really tough. Um, I've actually had a little a little boy during this as well, so I've, it's been really tough for us uh, not being able to see family that we'd like to and um, and things like that. So yeah, it's, it's been really hard. I find I find the best thing to do is just stay offline a little bit when it comes to social media and stuff like that because I think that can give you like with most world events, it can give you a real tilted view of what people are thinking and how people are, uh, are taking something because. Uh, i found when you actually speak to real people out, you know, on the street and you speak to people that you come into contact with, a lot of people are questioning what's going on at the moment. A lot of people don't buy it. They might not be, you know, at the level that they're thinking it's some international conspiracy, but they certainly don't buy that this virus is in any way as dangerous as we're being told it is. They don't agree with the measures. They think they're far too extreme and that you're going to destroy the economy for no reason. So. Uh, it, it's one of those you know you can you can look down the street and see people in masks and and wearing gloves and you can feel very negative but then you can also look at it the other way and think that you know things probably did have to get pretty bad for people to start questioning things because um when this started you know i used the example of comparing this to an event like like 9-11 for example that it's another a big event that people still talk about now, is 9-11 didn't affect anyone else in the world when they went to work the next day. You know, th- things had changed a little bit, but it didn't affect their g- daily lives. Whereas this affects everyone. This has affected every single person pretty much in the world that's been put under some kind of lockdown. So you can't ignore it. You can't look and say, oh, well, this doesn't affect me, let someone else worry about it, because it does affect you.
0: It's pretty st- twisted. Cause I don't know what life's gonna be like afterwards. I mean. Once in a while, my wife and I watch these shows like the 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 these the people. I don't know. It's like the HGTV channels with people are out looking for homes, or if you watch movies even from a year ago, it's like, wow, look at those people. They, they were walking around, not cowering in fear. Look how good life was. Like, I mean, that's even going back six months ago. It's it's just crazy because I just don't know what life is supposed to be like going forward in the future. I mean, what, are we are all supposed to what, get this like digital mark of the beast uh, test passport. Are we all going to like cower in fear? I just, it just seems so unnatural. And I, I find it sickening to believe that humanity is going to allow itself to be twisted and contorted and to, to be put in this position, especially when we have so much potential. You I know, mean, I'm not saying that we're like the greatest species at all. We've got a lot of negative qualities, but I also think there's a lot of beauty in here and you can't suppress all that. Are, are people going to allow it? I don't know. What do you feel about it? You think that the humanity collectively speaking, will allow itself to bend over. Can they be terrorized into, into, into looking and feeling a certain way?
1: Um, potentially in the short term. But I think I think long term and ultimately, no. Uh, and I think that I think they know that the people behind this, this conspiracy, if you want to call it that, know that because that's why all the efforts are being made to divide and rule people more. So for me, that's what social distancing is all about. It, it's, it's driving people apart. Um, and I think that's why, you know, the last things to reopen are things like bars and restaurants and nightclubs and theatres and, and public forums where, where people meet, people interact, people speak and exchange ideas. Because that's the nightmare for, for, for the people behind this. Because of the reasons, like I said in the first question, is when people speak to each other, they realise that you probably actually don't think that differently to each other. But if you just stay focused online, you you think everyone thinks differently to you. So I think divided rule is very important for making that happen. I think if if people were left to their own devices, then most people would get on. Most people would agree that, that freedom and liberty is massively important and should be the fun- fundamental foundation of our society. So I'd like to think that ultimately we'll, we'll get there. Um, but short term, absolutely. Well, we've seen it in the last three months. I've seen it here in the UK. Is You've had, I'm not sure you've had the same in America, you've had people in neighbourhoods, um, phoning the police on their neighbours and, yeah. and people around them to say to say they've not been adhering to, to lockdown. So it's it's one of those, I think. I think short-term, they, they, they have got people acquiescing, I think. But the longer this goes on, I think the more people are going to start to question, the more people are going to start to look at alternatives. I mean, I can speak from experience of people that I've known that when this first started, bought it completely, went into self-isolation before they even announced the lockdown. And now are the people that are, 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 you know, massively fighting against this, saying how it's a scam, because I think because the idea of a lockdown, the idea of, of the, you know, the restrictions on movement, it's something that was that was alien to everybody. Really, it's something that we hadn't been through as a as a an international community before. So no one really knew what that meant, and they probably thought, oh, I get a week off work, I'll just chill at home with the family. And the longer that's gone on. And people are starting to lose their jobs. Their businesses are starting to go under. They're starting to lose their homes. They're starting to not have the money to feed their kids. Obviously, the, that attitude is changing more to a kind of, you know, forget this. This can't carry on. We need to do something about this. So it, it's one of it's – a, it's a difficult one. As I said in the, the first question, it probably had to get pretty bad for people to start questioning.
0: Um, I hope that they continue to, to push back. At least – I don't know where you are, but at least – my area of the U.S., there's, there's hardly any pushback. People are just kind of rolling over. And a good friend of mine, Gerald Salente, he, he just gets so upset. He's like, just people just, just, just roll over, and they're marching over the cliff, and they're not even questioning. And I it's this way I, I respect you, and I respect your father, because I feel like you guys are always you know letting people know, and you're trying to put that spark and remind people. And there, there are other people who are like that. I just don't think that they are getting the uh, the platforms they deserve. One thing I think probably is really positive, I talked to my friend Chris about this, is that the celebrities, they seem like they're being decimated and, and the truth tellers, even though it's a crazier period of time, I feel like they are they are being more validated, they're being more vindicated with some of the things that are going on. But I'd love to go into your your film called Unnatural. What is your film about?
1: And uh, what would you say, be like three or four of the biggest findings? So the the concept of the film is to look at is there connections between technology and the massive rise in the use of technology uh, in in everyday life of people from from very young ages in particular now. Is that having a detrimental effect on on health, on mental health, on social interactions, social development, cognitive development and so on? So, I mean, I I have, you know, I've I've thought for a long time personally that, that it was having a detrimental effect. I think most people probably couldn't argue with the fact they they agree that social media, certainly parts of it, are very toxic and are not very good for people's mental health. Uh, so I, I I went out and I found a series of scientists around the world uh, from seven different countries to speak on the topic. Some speak from the the physiological point of view, so the the perspective of the the radiation from you know wireless technology. And uh, some psychologists in the film too speak about the the mental implications, so the biggest findings that we found is that well firstly, I should say that most people will be quite aware of the the upcoming rollout of 5g technology and that's created a bit of a a bit of a conversation around um, technology and radiation and electromagnetic frequencies again, which which hadn't been really been in the public forum for a while so I felt this was a really important time to get this film out to highlight the fact that Yes, 5G is incredibly um, dangerous. Firstly, it's dangerous in the sense of it's not been tested. So you can't say it's safe. So therefore, you have to assume that it's probably not going to be. Because if it was safe, then why not test it, show it's safe? And, you know, do you dismantle all the conspiracy theorists and people that Uh, are saying it's dangerous so the fact that that's not happened makes you think makes you immediately think there's something to hide and the the scientists that have done some testing that are not of the industry have concluded that it's going to be very dangerous so that's created a a real debate around this again but i wanted to highlight the fact that well actually there's significant evidence to show that the technology that we have now you know mobile phone technology 3g 4g wireless internet wi-fi and so on radars are, are dangerous already and the data shows that. So there's been a huge increase in, in the number of cancers. Uh, we've got a doctor in the film called um, Annie Sasco, who's a French medical doctor who used to be a lecturer at Harvard University, and she's dedicated her entire career to cancer. She must be nearly in her 70s now. Um, and during her career, she's seen the rise uh, in cancer more than double around the world and the population size and, and so on, and the aging of the population hasn't Doubled at the rate that would justify that that increase in the cancers, uh, and it's also the type of cancers. It's cancers around um, testicular cancers, prostate cancers, breast cancers, cancers in positions where where you're you're keeping your phone, for example. Um, there's a massive increase in aggressive brain tumours where obviously you're putting a cell phone right next to your skin, uh, right next to your brain. Um, a lot of people use their cell phones significant amounts. Um, so there's a massive, massive bulk of evidence to show that that's very dangerous and that that should be looked at and should be reviewed. So the way that that poisonous or potentially hazardous things are labeled is under different types of carcinogens. So a type 1 carcinogen, a class 1, basically means it's lethal, absolutely lethal. So that would be uh, uranium, for example, would be a class 1 carcinogen. Class 2 is we think it might be dangerous. It's potentially cancerous, so we need to review it. And a lot of people won't know that mobile phone and radio frequency technology comes in class two. So they're admitting they think it could be dangerous. It could be potentially cancerous. And the guidelines based on a class two carcinogen is something to be very cautious about. But look around you. I mean, anyone listening to this now, you're probably sat in a room with at least two devices. You've probably got Wi-Fi in your house. So that's not cautious, is it? It's internationally rolled out technology where you've got satellites beaming, Wi-Fi and radiation to parts of the earth where people don't have cell phones. They don't have uh, computers. So why is that? So you can't escape it is is one of the the key elements to that. So if you're saying it's potentially cancerous and it's potentially dangerous, why are you bathing the whole earth in it? Especially when the technology has been around for such a space of time. (laughs) To do the long-term research show what damage it potentially have on somebody through a lifetime because there's not been a generation yet that have been around this technology for 60 years because you know really really this kind of technology only really started with in the late 90s i mean the dial-up internet came in 1988 but really the the widespread use of technology started in the late 90s obviously smartphone came in 2007 with the first iphone and it's only really since then that we've had this huge explosion in use. So there's simply not been the timescale to monitor the long-term implications. And and we've seen huge detrimental effects on physical health in just the, the sort of 20 or so years that this technology has been around. And governments simply refuse to look at it. The billions and billions of dollars and pounds and euros and all the various currencies they get for the license fees to sell off the frequencies to these big tech companies, they use none of it or virtually none of it to do any independent testing. And during the film, we use uh, the comparison quite a lot with the smoking industry and how long it took for the smoking industry and the governments to acknowledge the evidence surrounding that industry to show that that was dangerous and that that had an adverse health effect. And I see this as a complete parallel industry.
0: I don't understand one thing. I feel like Every time the government or the corporations get together, they're always doing something that just screws people. I mean, is there any time they get together and even by accident come up with the technology or come up with something that enlightens or helps humanity? I feel like all they do is they come up with something just to make money. And what I don't understand about the idea of making money is if you're acquiring money and you're acquiring money in fiat currency, and that fiat currency is diminishing in value because they just keep on printing it into oblivion, what are you, what are you doing? I mean, What is the, the point of doing all this stuff? Is, do you think that, uh, theoretically speaking, that the people that are not the elite, that are working below, you know, think that they're doing something uh, righteous? Are they sold on the idea that they're, that they're brainwashed on the, the, the idea that they're doing something positive? Or do you think that it's basically a handful of people at the top that are really, you know, doing this with the intention of disempowering humanity or doing whatever they can to keep themselves on top of the world? So I'm curious what your perspective is.
1: I think think it's probably a combination of both because um, part of the area that we cover in the film too is the fact that, particularly for younger people, technology has become an addiction. It's, and there's actually evidence to show that it's not just a habit it's actually physically addictive in mm. the same way that drugs are in the same way that alcohol is in the same way that gambling is so i think a lot of the kids that work in silicon valley of which it is predominantly kids under 30 i think a lot of it will possibly be that it's down to an addiction the fact that they want more of it they want it and they want it to grow and they want this they want that they see you know being able to touch the side of your head and have your computer screen appear in front of you in virtual reality. They see that as progress, which I think is insanity personally, but I think that's a factor. But absolutely, there's, there's levels higher that, that want to keep humanity in enslavement. And technology has been a huge way of doing that. And because, it's firstly, it's done, it's done something that we spoke about at the start, which is it's broken down it's effectively is almost another way of social distancing because how many times do you go out to a bar now or a pub or a restaurant where people usually interact and you sit and even you look at couples and they're just sat on their phones they're not talking to each other they're not interacting they're not having that human connection so that's another another form of keeping people apart and that's a, a factor uh, absolutely as i said at the start keeping people divided is very important to to keep in control but I look at it as a bigger picture that the merge between biological thinking of humans and artificial thinking of technology is getting closer and closer to each other. And as I'm sure you're probably aware, you've got people in Silicon Valley at places like Google talking about actually connecting the human mind to artificial intelligence and having nanobots in our our frontal cortex that allows you to think in the cloud, to quote their words. So... I think it's a stepping stone towards that and I think addiction is a, is a a way of starting that that trend to get to where they want to get on that because you get someone addicted to something they're much less likely to resist the next level. So I think it ties into a big picture but as you as you pointed out there if you break it down to the simple aspect of pure profit there's there's some people that have made a sickening amount of money off of this type of technology and in some in some ways, that that's all that matters to them. Um, but I'd say, as, as you point, as you kind of alluded to, I'd say there is people above them that are driving it for a more sinister purpose than just pure profit, and that's to get us in a position where we are basically a hybrid between biological and artificial organisms.
0: The transhumanism that doesn't, that doesn't fly with me. I don't want to do that. I don't want to chip my brain. I mean, I don't understand this thing with the five G. Cause this is like, what some people are like, you know, you, you can get your internet speeds like downloaded quicker. Like, what things aren't fast enough for you right now? Is it, are you really going to allow your body to have uh, like a lot more radiation so you can get what you know your you know your, your TV show a half a split second faster? I don't know what's going on, Jamie, because um, we touched upon this a little bit before. I feel like humans are going mad. Like they've got.
1: Well, they are, they are. Oh, they are absolutely. They are absolutely. And to to put into to context, as you just said about increasing radiation. Just if people don't, if people take one statistic away from my film, I want it to be this, and it's that the the frequency band in the electromagnetic spectrum that that radio frequencies fall within is um, around obviously microwaves and uh, radio waves is. Was, called, was originally called the cosmic quiet space because around 150 years ago before this te- any technology began with, with radars and so on, there was basically no radiation on Earth in that frequency band. Now we're exposed to 10 to the power 18. So that's 10 with 18 zeros after it times more radiation than we were 150 years ago. So just absorb that stat for a second and think how can that not be having an impact on life on the planet, and and one thing we, we go into as well is the fact that it's not just humans that are being affected by this. The animal kingdoms being affected by this massively. Um, birds are being affected by it. Insects are being affected by it. I mean, look around. Look around you. To anyone, to anyone listening, have you not noticed where have the insects gone? How many insects were there a decade ago compared to how many there are now? That, you know, and uh, so that's a massive massive point. And 5G is. Well, wow, that that don't even get me. That's a completely that's new horrible. technology at all. Yeah, we well, keep a on new it out. Te- Technology yeah. in the US. Yeah, in the US, we have the Pentagon that
0: says that it's bad. I mean, the the US's own defense said like, no. Pentagon says it's bad, and they still want to push it through. Like, no, it's good. I understand?
1: Well, it's it's worth too much money to them, and and also it's in terms of running. You know, to get into a deeper level, we don't go quite this far in the film, but but you know, it's hard to do that in an hour and forty minutes. But um on a deeper level, is to, to run the kind of um, transhumanist have, you know, nanotechnology in the brain. They need at least 5G to be able to do that. That's why it's being rolled out without testing, because it has to happen for them to be able to get what they want. Uh, but but one thing that I think is very important to highlight is that, that 5G is dangerous. Yes, it is, and people are very, very vocal on that. But so is 3G, so is 4G, so is Wi-Fi. And we've got evidence to show that that's dangerous now, uh, rather than saying, "Look five g' is dangerous, this is what will happen if it comes out, actually, as well as that, look at what 's happening now with the technology we have the existing frequencies, and they 're already showing themselves to be very dangerous
0: I just don 't know where where this goes. Do you see anything that will break this, break the trajectory because you know it 's bad enough you got the whole five g I mean, like China apparently is saying, "Oh, well, we're going to have six G, and then they're going to have seven G, and they're going to keep on raising the G's." I mean, how much higher can they go before humans are incapable of handling this? Do you think there's going to be a point where they're going to keep on raising the G's? I mean, this is—I don't know where I'm going with this, but as far as cause it just seems like that's where the technology is progressing. That the only way you're going to be able to survive and function is if you have some kind of chip in your body that deflects the radiation. Maybe that's their back I think to I for- on there.
1: I think five G will cause massive, massive issues to people. Um, there's already a condition called EHS, electromagnetic hypersensitivity, which is has lots of various symptoms, but but mainly they are um, related to um, eye problems um, and, and various different things: itchy skin, feeling of burning. These are all accepted. The World Health Organization sort of accepts that that's a condition, but they they don't. They won't put it down to, to what it is, but it's it's the technology. And there's there's been a lot of studies to show that that technology has that impact on, on various people. So you increase that radiation, you're probably going to have a lot more people that will have that kind of um, reaction. You'll have probably, there's, there's some evidence to show, quite a lot of evidence to show, this is even on the um, FSC website in the States, is... Um, one of the the frequencies of 5g 60 gigahertz which is a frequency 5g will be using resonates with the oxygen molecule so in other words it damages the oxygen molecule and and that that's that's molecule around you is therefore imperfect imperfected so if that's going to happen how, how do you know that's not going to have a massive impact on people's breathing on people's ability to re- absorb oxygen which is the the you know the 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 very fundamental of life on the planet oxygen and water you damage those two then (laughs) what happens then so there's absolutely no evidence to show that it's safe there's absolutely no evidence to show it's going to be a positive thing but uh, it all comes down to to who's in charge who's rolling it out who's who's letting it happen and that comes down to the lawmakers who from from my experience we actually interview a a member of the european union the european parliament in the film a doctor who's um campaigning against 5g and he says politicians he speaks to they're just not interested they look at the pound signs and they're not interested in the downside of it because they see it as the boom industry so it's it's a very very dangerous technology that's that's Like we said, I keep saying has has had no testing. And you've had, there was inquiries on on Capitol Hill in the Senate in a, um, sorry, in Congress in the, the States and technology companies were asked, have you tested this? And they said, no. So it's not a case of us saying they haven't tested it. They're admitting they haven't tested it. And the fact that the governments and the lawmakers haven't insisted they test it before they roll it out, then that's just incredible to me. You're going to roll out this brand new technology untested across the globe and we're basically the guinea pigs you know Mm -hmm. the side effects whatever they might be they're going to be monitored for the first time when when people start having these adverse effects so it's it's just madness it even to somebody that's a technology lover it makes no sense you couldn't develop any drug and chuck it on the market but you can develop a technology and roll it out around the world To people that haven't consented because as we know you can't escape technology now because it's broadcasted across cities from satellites they haven't consented and they can't escape it so somebody might not have a cell phone they might not have wi-fi in their house they might not use technology at all but because they live near a 5g transmitter or a 4g transmitter they're getting exposed but it's 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 a it's a hard one and Because of the amount of negative things that we're exposed to these days with with across diet, across technology, across various things, it's very difficult to find a control population that haven't been exposed to anything. So when the adverse effects from this technology start to come, um, I have no doubt they will try and blame it on any one of 10 million things that is not the technology.
0: Sure. It's a bunch of. So, say, for example, you happen to be one of those strange individuals, one of those individuals who's like, you know what? Not gonna. I don't want the radiation, not for me. I don't want radiation. I, I think I'm going to do something that's going to make me healthy. So being a rebel and wanting to protect yourself, what are three things the average person can do to limit their exposure to this toxic radiation of 5G?
1: So 5G, well, there's actually been a couple of cases here in the UK where community groups have actually got together and pro- and gone for local councils and they've actually blocked the technology. There's a town in England called Totnes where they've actually blocked the rollout of 5g in that town because the enough people got together and blocked the council from being allowed, basically made it impossible without, I'm not, I'm a massive, um, I don't condone violence at all, but you've had a lot of cases over here in the UK where people have gone and, and actually, um, vandalized these towers. Um, because they don't feel they're being listened to. I'm not condoning that. I'm not condoning violence. But if if nothing else seems to be working, people will have to make decisions. But there is ways you can protect your house. Um, There's carbon paint, for example, you can use. There's mesh you can get for your windows, which lowers your exposure. But one key point to make is that within people's houses, the main exposure they have is their cordless uh, landlines. They are one of the worst cordless Television, phone, televisions um, that you have in your home, they're one of the worst ones for radiation.
0: Uh, and
1: mobile phones and Wi-Fi, you, they're, they're the, that's the main exposure that people have within their homes. So, for example, since starting this film, I, I already had an inkling that this technology was dangerous, but I've learned a lot from it. So my whole house is hardwired now, for example. There's no Wi-Fi in my house. The television, the, the computers, they're all hardwired, so there's no exposure with that. I have my mobile phone on flight mode for as much of the time as possible, um, and if I have to have it on, I'll keep it as far away from myself as possible. Um, I don't let my son go anywhere near it. The, the, there's there's never anything around him. So there are ways you can do it. It's it's just a way of of changing your life. And I I would say this: Do you people you know put your phone the other side of the room and put it on flight mode? You'll find that that will literally. And I don't I don't mean in the sense of um the direct health impacts because you wouldn't see that in such a short space of time but just simply not being on your phone all the time not scrolling through instagram not scrolling through facebook actually sat talking to your partner talking to your friends talking to your parents and actually being in the moment and enjoying the moment that you have there rather than sat in this virtual reality of, of, of online world looking at pictures of somebody you don't know I've found that's literally changed my life, and and we have all the phones on flight mode in in the evening. There's no radiation at all in the house. I've found me and my wife we sleep better. Um, obviously we've we've not um, because of the lockdown interacted too much with other young families because of all the services and stuff are closed. But my son is eight weeks old now. He's incredibly content. He's really calm. Um. Obviously, I, I can't, you know, say for a fact that's the, the fact that he's got no Wi-Fi around him, but it's just a, a point to make. And there are ways that you can reduce your exposure, and, and they're, they're just to do a few. So I think the, the thing people have to ask is: is this technology making your life better? It does. It make you feel better about yourself to look at the picture of somebody else and see, you know, if you're a guy, see a, see a guy all six packed up thinking I don't look like that or see someone in their big mansion thinking I don't drive that car or, I don't live in that house or, I don't have that lifestyle which is what a lot of people do when they go on to things like Instagram they see people living their best life which as we all know really what you post on social media and then what is actually real is are usually two very different things so is it making your life better that would be the first thing I'd say to people when when looking at technology is, is does it make your life better and and then go from there and I've concluded, apart from to be able to do things like speak to you here from the other side of the world and do things I need to do for work, technology is, uh, it's a, there's a quote in the film, which is, does technology have a place? And it's, yes, it does, but as the servant, not the master. And I think to, to many people, technology has become the master.
0: Jamie Ike, want to thank you so much for being with us today. Again, Jamie's film is called Unnatural, Unnatural. What price are we paying for the technology we love? Learn more about Jamie by going to his website at iconic.com. And this is a real cool site because you can sign up for a seven-day free trial. And like in an age of increasing censorship, the world needs a platform for freedom of speech because YouTube, all these other platforms are just censoring left and right. So Iconic is a great place you can go sign up and share ideas with people who are very pro-freedom. And it's cool because I think once you, you find people like this, you're going to resonate with them. And it's a, it's a small club these days, but we hope to expand it. Jamie, thank you so much for being with us today. Congratulations on the birth of your son.
1: Thanks, Ryan. Much appreciated. Good to
0: you. Okay, everyone. That concludes today's edition of the Out of Limits and Minute Truth Radio Show. Special thanks to our terrific guest, Jamie Icke. And special thanks, as always, to our virtues. It's Carrie O'Connor, it's Constance Dallas, it's Lisa McGarrity, and our associate producer, Jenny Lamisa. To learn more about the Outer Limits and the Truth, please go to our website at outerlimitsradio.com. Until the next time we meet, my friends, I wish upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Take good care, and thank you so much for listening.